as God intended. Let's go. Looking for Healing Radio, where pharmaceuticals are not medicine, but love always is. Thank you so much for listening in today. I'm Dr. H, and make sure you listen in with me and my healing homies, Nicola Burnett. How you doing? Hey, doing great. Doing great. 12 days on a cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Janice Schmidt, how you doing? Excellent. Happy to be here. Sweet. And my brother, Dr. Brian Artis. What's up, dude? I'm ready to yap here at Looking for Healing Radio. <laughs> and we have us uh, you you can hear us every monday through friday 11 a.m eastern 8 a.m pacific right here on the america out loud talk radio network and via recorded podcasts on americaoutloud.com also check us out on iHeartRadio, spotify and pandora networks just download the america out loud phone app for your smartphone i'm not sure it's really that but we'll call it that for right now and listen in at your leisure Looking for Healing Radio is sponsored by GlobalHealing.com, simply the finest, most potent, most effective natural medicines in the world today. Feel the difference integrity and love for medicine making can make for you. Go to GlobalHealing.com and enter promo code OUTLOUD to discover the medicine God intended for us all. Get incredible deals and find Global Healing and all the wonderful America Out Loud sponsors at AmericaOutloud.shop. All right, healers. Well, we're going to do another fun Q&A session today. Thank you so much for sending in all your great questions. Keep going to America Out Loud. Go to the Looking for Healing show page. Type your questions in. We love the questions we're getting. We love being able to spend this time with you every Friday. So um, we have three questions I have of our esteemed of my healing homies before we get into all of your questions in the next two segments. My first question is, and this is all going to be very relevant, folks, for people who are trying to recover from these damn shots, right? So that's why I want to, I have these questions. Dr. J, we were talking off air about bee pollen and you just lit up. You just <laughs> were like, giddy, giddy. We're going to talk about something I love. So uh, I had asked you a question and I hope you can tell our audience a little bit about it. Um, I'm very curious as to whether or not bee pollen contains um, glucose oxidase. And I'll tell everybody why after Dr. J talks, but I also am curious about how long bee pollen is good for if I have it say stored in my refrigerator. So what can you tell us about bee pollen? Excellent, excellent uh, questions about bee pollen. So yes, it does contain glu glucose oxidase. It's actually invertase and glucose oxidase are secreted by the glands of the honeybees actually. And they put it into the pollen to hold the pollen together as they're carrying it from flower to flower and then bringing it back to the hive. And um, bee pollen has every vitamin and mineral known for human nutrition. It's absolutely amazing. God's given natural whole food supplement. And the, the question about how long is it good for? Like, what's the shelf life? This is one of my favorite questions because we don't know yet. Bee pollen has been found in excavations of archaeological excavations of Pharaoh's tombs and little clay pots, and it was still active. So you keep it cool. It'll last thousands of years. It'll outlast us. How nice is that, right? How cool is that? That something I just had it in my refrigerator and I thought it might go bad. And she's like, nope. 
<laughs> Probably not. One thing that would make it go bad is if it's near um, Wi-Fi, high Wi-Fi radiation, microwaves, um, or in the high heat. And, and then, so give us an idea. How do you use it on a regular basis? Like, what do you, what do you put it in? What do you add it to? Do you eat it straight? I mean, I've eaten it straight before. It tastes fantastic. What do you, what do you think? So I, mine's pretty straightforward, pretty simple. I just take about a teaspoon a day, put it in my mouth, knock it back with the, a tea, a water. But, you know, if I feel feeling fancy, I'll put it in a smoothie or top it on an acai bowl or something fancy like that. And if we need a boost of energy, like athletic energy, we'll mix it in a spoonful of honey and take it that way. Very cool. Do you ever combine it with royal jelly too? Sometimes, right. Yes, yeah, sometimes, but not not that often. I don't often like to take the royal jelly from our hives because the they need it more than I do. So, but in some cases, yes, yes. Well, folks, the reason I was asking that question, because over the weekend, we're, we're doing a lot of work right now on the microbiome and how weaponized it is. And I am 100% convinced that this was the intention of all of it was to get plasmids delivered into a microbiome and weaponize the microbiome against um, the people who got the damn shots. Uh, and potentially even us through the waterways. I mean, the work I've been doing has been taking me into some really crazy research places, as I'm sure Dr. Brian Hardis knows about these weird, weird places that you can, the research can take you. But one of the things that took me into was there's something called flavodoxin um, that, uh, that the bacteria that have been weaponized can secrete. And what it does is it sequesters iron. So how many of us have heard of people who've gotten the damn shot all of a sudden becoming iron deficiency anemic, right? The flavodoxin can sequester iron and form an enzyme called flavodiiron. And what that does is it protects the bacteria that's been weaponized from things like hydrogen peroxide. It makes people who maybe are trying HBOT, the hyperbaric oxygen therapy, it makes hyperbaric oxygen actually not work and become really caustic to them. It actually feeds the weaponized bacteria instead of killing them. It also can do that same thing for, for ozone therapy. So some of these key oxygenating therapies that we've been really relying on forever are now actually working against people unless we can get the flavodioxin turned off in my in my estimation right now. And one of the things that has the potential to do that, looking at the biochemistry, is glucose oxidase found in bee pollen. That's why we're looking at that as a potential solution uh, for folks when we're getting into the kill cycles for killing off these weaponized bacteria and repopulating the microbiome with wild type bacteria that has not been weaponized or altered in any way. That's kind of where we're heading right now in our research and in our applications. Um, so Dr. Uh, Brian Artis has been talking about nicotine for so long, and you just dropped a gem on us uh, before. So can you tell everybody about that research that you were sharing with us offline? I did. Yeah. It'll be very exciting for me. So a few weeks ago, actually, I decided to look up, you know, there's been this massive diagnosis now since getting the vaccine and with some people with COVID, but primarily with the vaccinated group, particularly younger patients, they are seeing skyrocketing amounts of myocarditis, which is a cardiovascular condition of inflammation of the heart muscle itself. And I decided to look up and see we know the spike proteins of COVID were identified outside on the outside of the virus. They were identified to be two venoms. These venoms 
or spike proteins, as they call them in the literature, these spike proteins or venomous proteins are published to cause myocarditis. And this has been documented for decades. I've actually found documents from the late 1800s that venom from snakes, from snake bites, and then the anti-venom therapy called monoclonal antibodies, they all create a side effect called myocarditis. And that myocarditis, did y'all know this? was actually first ever termed a disease process only related to anti-venom therapy within five to 14 days of treatment. That's when it occurs. And that's where the name came from in the late 1800s. Myocarditis was only defined as a reaction to venom and venom therapies or therapeutics uh, to cause damage to the heart. As a result of this information, I wanted to know, have they ever been researching nicotine's effects on viral myocarditis. So before this show, we were reading questions from the audience that we will get to. And one of them was about, does nicotine affect or improve myocarditis? Well, I think all of y'all were shocked when I showed you before we even started this, that in 2015, there's a published paper on the NIH's website right now, National Library of Medicine at the NIH. And it's all, it's titled dose-dependent protective effect of nicotine in a mouse model of viral myocarditis induced by a virus. And so in this actual published paper, it reads, nicotine dose-dependently reduced the severity of viral myocarditis through inhibiting or blocking the production of pro-inflammatory cytokines, Y'all remember, everyone in the audience, remember reading and learning about cytokine storm with COVID? So nicotine blocks cytokine storms. And then it goes on to say, the finding suggests that alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptor agonist, which we've talked about at length over the last year and a half, these receptors are nicotine receptors called alpha-7 nicotinic acetylcholine receptors, and agonists are components that turn those receptors on. It says here that these nicotine agonists may be promising new strategy for patients with viral myocarditis. Now, before I give a few highlights here, and I think this is important for people to to understand, I would like to ask Dr. Henry Ely, Dr. Janice Schmidt, and Nicola Burnett, how many of you have ever heard that in medicine or a diagnosis of any inflammation of the heart, how many of you have heard that nicotine was a therapeutic for that? Have you ever heard that in your whole life? (laughs) not before you no no one's ever talked about this so they even have slides in this article in this published paper of what the heart cells look like when they're diagnosed with myocarditis and then what they look like after they reversed it with nicotine and i want to show you uh dr ely you may be able to speak to this very very uh very poignantly but I want to get this across. There is a there is one word in research papers that is like a ding, ding, pay attention to this finding. And there is this word they use significantly. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about the word significantly, because when I read these next statements directly out of the paper, it is significant why they publish the word significantly. Why do they use that? And why is that important? Well, when we were when we were being modest um, years ago, and we had some moral ethics, significance was thought to be just anything 3% or greater, which was like, hey, if you had a, a significant you know, change or between a control group and an experimental group, anything that was 3% difference or more was considered to be significant. Now, in our day and age of sensationalized, so anything 
post probably 1999, and this study is after 1999, significance usually means a lot more than just that. So it's starting to get into the 15, 20, 25 percentile when we're talking about numerical analysis. It's a huge deal. It's like somebody screaming to you that this is a very big deal and you're a fool if you don't pay attention. Yeah. So when I read this great review, Dr. Ely, significantly is a big word that researchers use to magnify the importance of the findings. So I just want to read a couple of sentences here, if you don't mind, because the audiences may be shocked that in 2015, Mm -hmm. they did studies using nicotine to reverse myocarditis created by injecting animals with a virus. So here we go. The mice were injected with a Coxsackie virus, and, and, and then the mouse exhibited the virus infection syndrome, which included, their symptoms included, loose, loose hair, so they were losing their hair, being idle, poor appetite, and reduced body weight from day three of the injections of the virus. The deaths of these mice when they developed myocarditis from the injection of the virus, the deaths peaked between days five and 10 of having myocarditis. Compared to the mice in the myocarditis group, the high and medium dose nicotine treatments significantly decreased mouse mortality or death and increased the survival rate as shown in figure two. Isn't that amazing that they used nicotine to increase survivability and significantly decrease death outcomes from myocarditis. And if I ask Nicola Burnett, how many people do you think want their loved ones or children to die after they've been diagnosed with myocarditis? Mm, That's a tough question. I'm not sure I can answer that. It's kind of hard. Yeah, zero. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to assume zero people want their loved ones or teenagers or children who have been diagnosed with myocarditis to die. And they are experimenting in 2015 findings significantly. They're increasing the survivability of the animal who developed myocarditis from a virus, like they're telling you you're getting with COVID. And they're doing that. So how amazing is this finding and how possibly could it help save many, many lives and perpetuate life on a curve longer than expected? And then they went to, I just have to read this. They went to ejection fractions. Janice Mm -hmm. Schmidt, Dr. Schmidt, can you tell the audience what ejection fraction is? If you can't, that's okay. I was just curious. Well, ejection fractions, I'm going to jump in for, she looks like she's having a little audio challenge right there. Oh, you're fine. The the ejection fraction is going to be the amount of blood that leaves the heart when the left ventricle and when the ventricles contract. So ejection fraction is usually about the systemic blood that's being pushed out of the left ventricle and into the blood flow for the arterial, the distribution of arterial blood gases, especially oxygen. Very good. So ejection fraction is how much blood is being ejected out of the heart from the ventricles, the big chambers of the heart that pump oxygenated blood to the rest of the body. In this study, they found that left ventricular ejection fraction inoculated in the inoculated groups of mice were significantly decreased in the group that received the virus who now had myocarditis than those compared to in the normal control group on day 14. And then it reads this, Dr. Ely, Jana Schmidt, and Nicola Burnett. 
the ejection fractions of the 0.2 and 0.4 milligram of nicotine groups were significantly increased compared to those of the zero or low amount of nicotine group and the myocarditis group on day 14. So how important do you think it is that your ejection fraction to deliver blood supply to the rest of the body would be improved with nicotine? Now, the dosing y'all had asked about, this is just a miraculous thing to me that they could use this and actually prove and then state in this that this is a plausible therapeutic to consider for human patients who have viral myocarditis. And I promise you, not a single cardiologist that I know, Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Thomas E. Levy, who I have great respect for both, they have never talked about nicotine when it comes to myocarditis. I never would have either until I read this. And since I read that the venom aspects of COVID, the spike proteins, target nicotine receptors and these alpha-7 ones, are on every heart cell in the body. And that did explain to me the myocarditis experiencing and being reported around the world. But I do want to just leave this to the audiences. I don't want y'all listening and then thinking, oh, now I know what to do. No, you don't. The dosing is very specific. The low dose was 0.1 milligrams for every 2.2 pounds of body weight. And they said that had zero effect on the myocarditis. Zero. But when they went to 0.2 milligrams for every kilogram of body weight of the animal or the higher number, 0.4 milligrams for every 2.2 pounds, they saw significant reversal in the myocarditis and survivability of all these mammals that they injected viruses in to create myocarditis. So to do the math, for those of you at home, the 0.2 to 0.4 measurements are the important thing. So this is looking for healing radio. You're going to take your weight in pounds, divide it by 2.2 pounds, and then start on the lower level. Take that number and multiply it by 0.2 milligrams. And then that's going to tell you how much nicotine would reverse and improve significantly the outcomes for an individual human who has myocarditis for the 0.2 milligram group. That would be roughly 15 to 18 milligrams of nicotine a day, just so you're aware. And that could be spread out either using, they even have 21 milligram nicotine patches. And I'll tell you right now, if I had myocarditis, knowing that they could do this and saw these results that were significant, first thing I would do is slap on one of those actual patches. And I would wear it, my, me personally, for six days straight, then stop it and just watch the miracle happen. That's what I would recommend. Anyway, Amen. thanks for allowing me the opportunity to share that. <laughs> Amen. Folks, we are going to be right back with more Looking for Healing Radio, and we'll talk. We'll pick up the conversation a little bit more about this nicotine right after these messages. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-term effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. Fortunately, Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula with the miracle enzyme natokinase, scientifically studied to dissolve spike protein so you can feel your very best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. 
Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rex nasal solution cleanse. That's cofixrx.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at cofixrx.com. All right, healers, welcome back. Looking for Healing Radio is also sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing students just like you. The best way to be free is to be healthy. Learn how at energetichealthinstitute.org. Holistic nutrition, fasting, detoxification, artistically healing, and we're adding so many cool things too. Uh, just got a great release on a class on homeopathy in both English and Spanish for parents out there so you can start learning a medicine that has literally zero side effects. It's totally safe for you and your loved ones. Uh, join the EHI family and let's make tomorrow amazing. Go to energetichealthinstitute.org. All right. Well, I'm here with all of my healing homies and we uh, we're, I want to finish off a thought we had from the last one because there's a tendency for everybody to hear what we're saying and then go, oh my God, I'm going to go do it right now. Folks, caution always, right? Everything we're sharing is for educational purposes. Talk with people that trust and know more about your health than we do. All right. Don't just go run out and go do something. But I wanted to give uh, Dr. Artis a chance to finish up his thought. And I had a question for you, Dr. Artis. So because you've been really teaching us beautifully about nicotine and how it's awesome and has been vilified. Shocking because it's actually awesome. Um, but what I'd like to know is just like when you're using the nicotine patches, one, how do you use them and what's the most you've ever used like in a, in a day? Yeah, I've actually great question. I've actually done up to about 35, 36 different milligrams of patches on my body, which was two different. So, uh, I've done that much, but I do not recommend people do that. In fact, I just filmed my own interview and created a presentation today over a study from January of this year. And in that study, they only used one thing to reverse everybody. It's a multiple case study, actual presentation. It was multiple patients from around the world who were dealing with long hauler COVID symptoms for longer than a year and a half. And they list out every single symptom. And in this article, they actually publish what the treatment is. And it was only asked to be done for six days, Dr. Ely, Dr. Schmidt, and Nicola. It was only six days of treatment. And they wanted to see what happened after that. And all they used was seven milligram nicotine patches. A hundred percent of all symptoms were eradicated by day 14, but they only wore them for six days. Over 50% of all their symptoms were eradicated on day three. And then when they did a six month follow-up, all three of you, can you believe it? Not a single person had any of their symptoms return after only doing that for six days, 60, six months later, it was all gone. So I personally would recommend there is a brand that me and Dr. Group actually helped me find that was the most clean adhesive wise nicotine patch and products. And it's a company called Rugby, R-U-G-B-Y, Rugby. I can only find them really here on Amazon, but uh, maybe other places. There are other outfits, I'm sure, but Amazon was very convenient to find those, but I did not find a website just for their products. But all the information is on that site. I would, I would only use seven milligram patches I personally, every day, because I don't have any symptoms and just prevent them, I buy 14 milligram patches and I cut them into six equal pieces and wear one daily. I've done that every day since November of last year. And I do that for prevention. And that's only about two to three milligrams of actual nicotine a day. Mm -hmm. Amen. All right. Well, there, there you have it, folks. Make sure if you are exploring nicotine that you do talk with uh, folks that you trust about it and make sure... I think it's always wise to do two things that Dr. Artis is alluding to here. Number one, step up 
So you start low and you start walking your way up and uh, day by day and see where your, your ceiling, your threshold is. And then what he's also alluding to is I think it was a washout day. It sounded like uh, Dr. Artis, where there was one day a week where you didn't have any on. Is that correct? That's exactly right. Yep. So I do six days of these little pieces, then one day off. And I do that all the time. Yep. Washout day. So one day, one day a week of a washout day is always a good idea for anything that you're doing, especially and in including natural medicine. All right. Well, let's uh, jump over. I, I had one more that I wanted to chat with just a quick one before we get into all your great questions. And we're going to rapid fire your questions today. Um, but uh, Nicola, I'm, I've been wanting to talk with you about energy enhancement systems for so long. They're, they're starting to enter back into the conversation again. They came and, and peaked. They gave us a little peek, you know, like a turtle poking its head out and seeing, is it safe? You've been using energy enhancement systems for a long time. Can you educate us a little bit on what is an energy enhancement system and kind of how does it work? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing system. And the best explanation, the easiest explanation I always give people as to how it works, uh, you know, we are light beings. And what that means from a literal translation is how we exist in our sustenance and what we live off of is light. So um, every single vitamin, every single mineral, if you, you know, take it into a lab and you do a mass spectroscopy on it, it will come back and tell you what uh, what color of light is refracted. So, you know, same with a, a vegetables or fruits, uh, anything you can, there are always tons of different colors when you walk down the grocery aisle, because what do plants do? They sit in the sun and they collect light, right? They convert it, kind of transmute it and put it into a form so that when we eat, we're really consuming light. So that that's really the basis of healing. I mean, honestly, um, with everything, with supplements or with essential oils or, or, you know, bee pollen, I mean, anything, it always gives off and refracts light and adds light to us. And so when you look at the system, what it's really doing is adding light, or I'm going to say life force into the system. So um, when you actually see the system in a room, it looks kind of funky. You've got computer screens that are angled in the corners um, and they direct scalar waves right into the middle of the room. So they have to be angled exactly at each other. So they're all kind of throwing these scalar waves into the room in the middle of the room. And what happens is it creates a zero point and then it starts to build out this toric field. Uh, and the torque field extends, you know, quite far out and it can go through walls and buildings and ceilings and all kinds of things. So when you go and sit in the middle of the torque field, what's actually happening is you're adding light or light force into the body. So um, another way to think about it is, you know, when we're born, we have creator that animates us with life force. And so the more life force we have, the stronger we are in all capacities. So when you sit in the room and sit in the toric field with the EE system, it's, it's almost like God coming down, if you will, and adding a lot of this life force energy. And, you know, when somebody gets sick on our scanning devices that I use, when somebody is not well or gets sick, let's say they have a kidney problem or a liver problem. I can actually scan that particular organ. And then one of the things that the scan results will show me is the um, 
toric field or what's happening in their energy field, the grid around their body. And most of the time when someone's not well, they're losing so much life force or they're sucking life force from one area of the body to throw it towards another area of the body that is not, you know, that is sick or not well. And so you get this distortion in the light field of the body. And so when you sit in the AE system, it restores that back to a balanced uh, system. Uh, so that's really how it works. So people say, well, does it heal this? Does it heal that? Nah, that's the wrong question. That's, that's not at all how it works. If you add a ton of life force energy into the body, which is what we exist off of, now the body where it was weakened in certain areas and certain organs or tissues, it now can take that currency of light and throw it towards that system that's weaker and then that system can start the process of, of healing itself. So, you know, it, it's also why sun gazing works uh, when people sit in the morning and, or in the evening and, and collect light through their skin and through the eyes. Mm -hmm. That's another way of feeding on light, if, if you will. So um, that's that would be the easiest explanation. That's, a, that's the dopest explanation of it I've ever heard. I've heard some people talk about it. That is, that makes total sense. It makes me feel like, okay, I would love to sit down and have a pranayama breathing session and prayer session in that toroidal field. It makes me feel like, well, could you imagine cracking open a massage table or doing some acupuncture or some yoga in that toroidal field? Like you're going to, like you're saying, just draw in that which you are from source. It seems like it's just a creating a source field um, that's allowing you to, allowing the, the the magic of what this all is to self-correct, you know, and-, and Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. And the other thing is when you get into this field, it's outside of this time and space continuum. So um, we actually refer to it a lot of times as a manifestation tool or a manifestation mm. space. So when you sit in the A system, what's encouraged is to sit and get really clear and ask for what it is that you want to call in. You know, we, we've done tons of things like putting uh, photographs of loved ones um, or, you know, pictures of pets or, or, you know, if you want that job or you want that house or whatever it is, you know, taking items and putting them into the, the toric field and setting your intention. And it's, it's been kind of shocking and remarkable um, at the same time of what we've seen with that. So it's, it's really powerful. And what's recommended when you go into the field is to actually rest. Uh, the best thing to do actually is sleep. Mm. Anybody know why? Any guesses just, on that? Just let it happen. Cause that's when you're connected to source most easily. Yeah. It's when you have the least resistances when you're sleeping, right? Mm. Even your subconscious, you know, resistance, to things that you're not even aware of. So, so I've done all kinds of things. I've, um, I've slept all night in the system. I've taught yoga in the system. I've meditated in the system, you know, all, all kinds of things. And I would say I really enjoy it the most with uh, sleep. It's like you get mm. to go to never, never land and make stuff happen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. So I've tried a lot of things in natural medicine and, and especially in energy 
um, in the energy fields, uh, but I haven't tried that yet. I'm just so excited to do it. I'm going to get out there to your office and <laughs> try this out at some point. I've been wanting to do this for like a couple of years now, I think, which is kind of cool. But folks, maybe um, uh, Nicola should tell everybody where her office is. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> well, it's in Las <laughs> it's in Las Vegas, Nevada. However. If you want to try it out, there's centers opening up all over the world, and I'm pretty sure there is one in your area. And the other thing I was going to say was the bomb center, which Dr. Artis can talk about. He was just there in Texas. Uh, Scott McKay just opened up a, I think it was a 48 uh, unit uh, system. And I'm I'm kind of jonesing to go check that out because the most I've ever been in is a, is a 24. So uh, Ryan, what was it's it like? Massive. It's massive. It's massive and incredible. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful facility, very well constructed, very well designed. And the nice. first night that I walked in there, there was a not a joke. There was actually a, an ex NBA head coach who was sitting in a recliner in the middle of the room with all of these forty eight towers all around, and he was sitting. There was two guys, but one of them was this ex NBA coach. And uh, as soon as they Anyway, they were sitting in a in a copper made pyramid in the middle of the room, like where all the energy was being focused into this pyramid. That was just a frame of a pyramid. And uh, the wife of the husband come running over to me, so excited to meet us and talk about how great we, we we were helping them. But to sit in the room and participate and be there as a speaker and as an attendee, uh, you could actually feel the energy in the room, and it was very very cool for me to experience. I'd never experienced it, but that scalar tech was really incredible to sit in, and that was a uh, great work with uh, Jason Shurka, Doctor Michaels, and Scott McKay all came together collectively to help build that place, and it's a beautiful facility in Colleyville, Texas. Beautiful. So check it out, folks. You can Google energy enhancement systems, and you can see if there is somebody local or within driving distance from where you are and, and go and experience it. I will tell you this, my suspicion, and Nicola, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. but my suspicion is that the cleaner you are in your body, the more you will feel what's going on. Is that true? Oh, you know what? That's interesting. I mean, logically, you would think that, mm -hmm. but it's not what I've witnessed uh, having people go into the system. I've had some people go in the system, they feel nothing. And I wouldn't say that they're pretty clean. Um, and I've had other people go in the system that also, I wouldn't say, you know, have are pretty clean within their bodies. And they've had just these incredible, they've seen angels and talked to aliens. And, you know, there's, there's been all kinds of interesting um, interactions and access that they seem to have. So, yeah. It's kind of, like I will snowflake. tell you, can, can I share, can I share a quick story, a guy in line to meet all the people that were there to, as speakers and special guests to, to take photos. This one guy walks up to me from Missouri and he, he was almost on the brink of tears because an individual invited him to come participate in this technology. He wanted to kill himself after having a brain tumor removed. Uh, he was just in so much pain all over his body. And he said, after two sessions at the center in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, he has no pain. And he would have even made the trip to come down there. He, would, he wouldn't even been on this planet anymore if it wasn't for that center. Amen. Oh, yeah. Wow. yeah, I've seen some of Dr. Michael's presentations and what she's put out is just like, especially show when you show uh, before and after, you know, and it's just kind of like, whoa, especially with some of the skin stuff that that she was showing. I was just like, I was down with her in, uh, in San Diego uh, talking and 
um, man, it just was, it's folks, what's out there compared to what you are told is available to you are is is as deep as the and wide as the Grand Canyon in terms of the difference between the two. Yep. They don't want you to know this stuff because when you don't know it empowers them to be able to sell you things that don't work. That's what it really, really comes down to. I mean, I'm just dealing with this with my dad. My dad went into the uh, uh, hospital. Of course, I don't get the call until after he gets, he goes in the hospital. Right. And it's like, what is going on? Right. Because you'd have told him no. I try to been like, uh, let's talk before if you got, I mean, if it's emergent, you know, and something's going on, you know, yeah, you know, you go in and then you get out of there as fast as you can, but, um, went in for some kidney stuff going on. He gets out. I go out to go see him and, and get his, all his care come out. And then his, his, uh, wife, um, he's not feeling good the next day and his wife panics and brings him right back in. I'm like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you call me? We could have, I would have told you not. They, they bring him in, they do a stress test on him, everybody, a stress test, right? So they wanted to put an O2 sat monitor on his finger. He's, he's in his eighties, right? He's got, he's coming off of a major kidney issue and everything. And they had him walk 300 steps, trying to, trying to get the O2 in his blood to drop so that they could have a justifiable reason for admitting him so they can bill. His O2 sat stayed steady at 94%. 94%, right? While he's walking, they said, well, just in case, let's keep you for observation. I don't get the call that he's back in until after all this has happened, because I would have chewed this doctor out. Uh, my question to the doctor would have been point blank. What are you observing? He's 84. He's coming off of a kidney issue, a major kidney issue. Yes, there are signs of congestive heart failure. Yes, there are He's, he's 80, he's in his eighties. There's no book. There's no script for you when you're in your eighties, folks. I just forget about that, right? You're not on any map. There's no textbook or anything that they teach you in medical school about being in your eighties. Cause most people don't live to get into their eighties. Okay. And so I would have asked that doctor point blank, yo, dude, what are you observing? Because you could have sent him home and called him up the next day and checked on him if you really wanted to. He didn't need to be observed. So I got upset like I, I typically do when there's something stupid going on. And I asked the doctor this, what are you observing? Uh, can't answer it, gets off, and then says, you know what, I guess he can go home today. Oh, really? Could it be because there's another doctor actually watching what's going on? And that's the only time there's any type of honest communication when you know there's some oversight of what's happening, right? So, you know, so good news, my dad's back home and we got him his therapy reinstituted. And, you know, I think he's going to be hopefully knock on wood, you know, God willing in the creek don't rise. He's going to be just fine, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it just gets ridiculous. So what we're saying to you, everyone is very simple. There is a continent between what is actually out there to help you and what they want you to know. I mean, it, it's, you just have to get into your head that if you're going to solve these problems, it's going to be because you've decided to stop being a patient and start being a student and learning what's out there and going and exploring. And some of it's going to feel a little woo-woo. Some of it's going to challenge your 
belief system, not your faith, but your belief system a little bit. And guess what? You are going to be better for it when you go out there and explore. Some of it's not going to work. Some of it is going to be snake oil, if you want, if you will. But some of it isn't. And that's where you find the beautiful stuff in natural medicine. All right. All of us on this show, folks, we spend tens of thousands of dollars every year, if not more, exploring what's out there, right? There's no reason why you can't spend a fraction of that on yourself. And for this reason, you are worth it. And I think that's the big message we want to get out to you. You are worth it. It is worth you putting in the work to love yourself and feel good about what you're doing. We're going to come right back with a comment from Nicola Burnett and your questions right after these messages. Stay tuned for more Looking for Healing Radio. It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. everybody welcome back to looking for healing radio um one of the things we hear all the time is i've tried everything (laughs) no you haven't i can assure you that um and it didn't work well maybe you weren't using it right maybe it wasn't high quality maybe it's out of sequence nicola you had a comment off air that you wanted to get across to everybody what do you do when somebody comes to you and says i've tried everything and it didn't work Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, nobody can try everything, right? (laughs) Because that's just not possible. But I was going to hook on to uh, related to this. I was going to just jump on the coattails of what you were talking about. Number one, um, I can attest to this and I'm sure all four of us can the thousands of dollars, right? I'm almost bankrupt myself three times investigating different contraptions and devices and ways and therapies and all kinds of things. And that's one of the reasons why we get so good at what we do because we've been there and done that. And I think the other thing is that so many people will go on, you know, they go and just Google and they go and read a book and then they talk to a friend and they ask their aunt and, you know, they kind of collect these loose pieces of information mm-hmm. without any real training, education, understanding of how all these pieces 
fit together or come together or, or, you know, what to do first or when. And so lots of people will say that it's like the EE system we were talking about. Oh, well, I went in the EE system and I sat in there for six hours or however long. Oh, and it didn't do anything for me. Well, you know, it's like when I take somebody in and scan them and they've got 86% you know, nutritional deficiency, and they think just going and sitting in the E system is going to fix everything. It's like, that's not the way you use the tech. It's like, you first have to address all these other things, bring them together, and then you get, you know, crazy uh, accelerated results. And that's, that's really the, the use of the E system was to have somebody in a certain kind of program or working on something, and then you put them in the e-system and it just accelerates their results and makes them get to that finish line so much quicker. So I just wanted to comment on that because that's one of, I, that's the main thing that I see where people get in their own way um, with working to correct their own issues and then they can't. And then they come back with a comment like that. Well, I've tried everything and I did that. And I did that. It's like, mm, yeah, did you do it right? You know, it's like cleaning the liver before you clean the colon, you're not going to get very far. So that's yeah. the kind of information that's seeking help from folks like us. Oh, I can't even begin to tell you how much time and money you're going to save. Right. Uh, right guys by doing that. So hundred percent. Yeah. That's, that's what I was alluding to uh, when I asked you the question in the last segment was, you know, I think you get better results, the cleaner you are, right. You're going to feel things that of what, what some of these things can do. So there's a sequence of things. I, I try to tell folks just a simple idea that is you don't use a, a hammer um, to try and unscrew something, right. You have to use the nice. right tool at the right time and right. have the skill to be able to do it. And that's why the best thing you can do is not try to do a major healing process, especially if it's your first one by yourself. That's why you go and you find Absolutely. people that know what they're doing and can put together a really comprehensive plan for you. And most importantly, that really care about you, right? That's the thing. How do you know if somebody's good? Because they care. How do you know that they care? You can see it and feel it in their actions towards you. Right. And that's where Absolutely. healing, that's there, that's as med medicinal as anything you'll ever put into your body, folks. All right. Yeah. And right. and I think this would be probably true for all of you. It's it's like, you know, I've had to take a step back because it's like you can't care about somebody else more than they care about themselves. But it's so easy to fall into that and just want to, you know, jump in and save people because we all have these big golden hearts. Um, so but it doesn't work like that. Nope. We all can heal one person in our entire life. Yep. That's, That's it. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's rapid fire some questions here. We got about, uh, oh, I don't know. Hopefully you've enjoyed this folks, but we have about, I don't know, maybe about 10 minutes max. All right. So we're going to do rapid fire questions, everybody. And we're going to go through Dr. J, Dr. Dr. J, Dr. A and Nicola right over here. First one up, we got uh, trying to recover after COVID left me severely bedridden for a year or two with neurological symptoms. All right, Linda, uh, we feel for you. I've done a delayed food allergy test, so I know which foods are safe with me. I can consume dairy, which makes me happy. However, I heard that in order to kill bacteria such as E. coli or yeast, dairy needs to be avoided. What should I do? Dr. J, what do you say? Well, I do agree that dairy needs to be avoided, but um, not just to kill those bacteria, but because your body literally can't uh, digest it. Um, so 
Uh, I would definitely avoid it during this period of time of uh, getting her body back in balance and gut health back in balance. But also when you're back and you're feeling better and you want to have some dairy, I would really consider um, some alternatives. And if you just really want to have that bit of dairy, then at least take a digestive enzyme with lactase in it so you can at minimum digest it better. Amen. Right. When you go into the healing process, folks, there's going to be some sacrifices. Don't let your tongue dictate your health. Okay. That's, that'll get you into trouble every time. All right. If you ever want to watch a funny cartoon, go and look up heart and brain. You'll have a great time looking at, at, at the role tongue plays in creating a lot of problems for the rest of everybody in the body. Okay. Great. <laughs> Dr. A, this one's going to come from Dr. Artis is going to come from Amelia. All right. You ready? Uh, would a benzo such as lorazepam help with glutamate excitotoxicity? I'm not, I'm dealing with POTS after a COVID infection for almost two years ago. If so, what dosage and frequency of taking it would be safe? Well, this is this is a, they, want, they want your approval to take a pharmaceutical, which means they know they shouldn't be taking it, but go for it. Yep. I, I do not recommend the benzodiazepines of any kind. And I never would recommend that to anybody, uh, but to speak clearly to Amelia, my wife struggled with pot symptoms for the last six months of her two-year struggle with all long-hauler COVID symptoms. And uh, so she would stand up, the orthostatic hypotension would just kick in and she'd get real dizzy and want to fall. And I'm telling you, the entire thing, I'll just speak from my own personal experience struggling with that in my home and trying to use every nutritional thing I could think of to help her. It seriously took three days of her chewing two milligram nicotine gum all of it disappeared in three days. So if you have not tried that, I'm telling you, it has it had a miraculous effect for many. And I've discussed off air in between our uh, our this interview and this radio show that uh, there is a published document out of uh, January of 2023 that was published. They used every long hauler COVID symptom, including POTS, and they were able to prove case study after case study that they could reverse it in six days using nicotine patches of seven milligram sizes. I would not recommend the benzodiazepines if anything, I would attempt to do that first. And then this next principle, number two and three, I would recommend you get on EDTA at a thousand milligrams a day, and then also use either bentonite clay or apple pectin powder to offset the release of these things that are neurotoxic leading to your symptoms. And all the spike proteins were identified to be neurotoxins, nerve toxins, apple pectin powder will be 1400 milligrams a day supplemented. And then, uh, uh, bentonite clay, if you're going to choose to use that, is an eighth of a teaspoon and six to eight ounces of filtered water twice a day. There you go. All right. There you go. You got your, you got your, your dislodging agent, you got your dissolving agent, you got your binding agent all right there in that collection. Um, so don't overlook this simple stuff and don't run to the same people that have put you in the situation you're in. I guess that's the big thing we want to advice, uh, advice we want to give you. All right. Julia's up next says would psilocybin or magic mushrooms or lion's mane mushroom. Those are not the same, <laughs> but <laughs> help with long COVID pots at all. What do you think, Nicola? Oh gosh. Well, I, I'm not a, um, medicine person. I mean, and I've never done any of these, but, um, so I'm not really sure I could speak to the lion's mane. I mean, lion's mane in general, I, you know, I would probably, I, one of the things I recommended was a combination of uh, mushrooms as in like the lion's mane for nutritional purposes, uh, a combination of those to help uh, boost the immune system. When I had clients that were dealing with this stuff and it seemed to help uh, quite a bit. So um, I don't know if anybody else here has 
messed around with the magic kind or the psilocybin, but I uh, have, have you? Okay. I can't really speak to that. So yeah, it's awesome. Um, so lion's mane, first of all, folks is not a medicinal, not a psilocybin containing mushroom. It's a, a much a medicinal mushroom. That's going to help with nerve regeneration among other things. Right. So that, that could be something. And one of the reasons why it could help people with POTS and, and other signs of dysautonomia and, and autonomic dysregulation. But if there's still going to be a spike glycoprotein presence or a production of spike glycoprotein presence, then all you're doing is generating new nerve that's going to be now similarly affected by the presence of the spike glycoprotein. You still got to get down to the root cause of it. Now, when we talk about spike glycoprotein, it's important to keep in mind that when we're talking about long haul, that if you've gotten the shots, it is not long haul. That is sign of injury from the damn shots. So don't let the media who know nothing about medicine or your body and don't give a damn about you convince you that what you're experiencing is a long haul situation. Guess how many people who have, guess how many people who didn't get the shots have long haul? It ain't very many folks. All right. And the only thing we can come up with in those situations is that those people who did not get the shots and are having those types of symptoms have significant dysbiosis in their microbiome. And we can prove that because we've been testing the microbiome for a while now. All right. So what I would refer to you is if you didn't get the shots and you're experiencing these kind of things, get a microbiome screening. You can get that through the Energetic Health Institute. You can also go through Dr. Artis's website and he'll recommend you to Dr. Amin's offices in Scottsdale and some other places, but know what's going on your bacteria because it is possible for SARS-CoV-2 to infect the microbiome. It wouldn't have the plasmids that we're really concerned about, but it still would have the potential of creating that same symptomatology. Now, as far as psilocybin goes, Nicola, I'm going to tell you, I do a journey. Am I missing out, buddy? (laughs) You're missing out. I do it. I do a journey every year and it is an awesome experience. You get to, especially when you got to do it out in nature, you got to do it under safe conditions. You got to know what you're doing, but you will get some information come in that will make you feel really positive about this magical thing that we call life, thus the magic mushrooms. All right. So check it out, folks. There's a lot of people out there that do facilitate journeys. So, you know, and put you in a safe situation to be able to do it. So if it's something that's curious for you, I would say, do not just go and try it on your own. Make sure like we were talking about to start this segment that you do it under good supervision with people who know what they're doing. It's not something to be trifled with at all. Just like ayahuasca and some of the other psychotropics do not trifle with that medicine. Okay. Uh, Let's see if we can sneak one more in here and then we'll call it a session. It's been a fun show. You all having a good show today? I'm having a good Absolutely. Yes. I'm having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's always, we get to hang out every week. That's something that I like about that for us. We get to hang out every week and kind of just talk shop. I mean, that's pretty fun. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. It's good. Oh, here we go. Um, I think you covered this one, Dr. Artis. So I'm not going to go to that question right there. I think Olivia got her question answered uh, throughout the whole thing, but let's just see if we can get one more in here. <laughs> this is a good place to end. All right. We got a minute here. Uh, so Mirabella, great question. Would healing crystals or essential oils help us in any way to recover from spike glycoprotein? You know what I love, Dr. Artis? You remember last year when we were uh, like towards the fall, when everybody was calling it spike protein, spike protein, spike protein, and you and I started calling it spike glycoprotein. It's yes, so I nice do. to see everybody. <laughs> it it caught on. Glycoprotein now. 
Um, so she's uh, Mirabella is saying, would healing crystals or essential oils help us in any way to recover from spike glycoprotein? If so, which ones? Um, let's go to everybody here. Quick, rapid fire. One answer. Give us a essential oil or a crystal that you think would really be helpful. Don't worry about why. Just which ones would you use? Dr. J, what do you think? Frankincense. Frankincense. It's my, fav- it's my favorite. Frankincense on the body, in like in like roof of your mouth. Yeah, all, all over. Frankincense. <laughs> Frankincense and bee pollen. Love it. All right. Dr. Artis, what do you say? Uh, I actually don't know either one of these that I would recommend, but I do love frankincense and I do use that every week here in my home. So I would just Perfect. go with Janice Schmidt's recommendation. <laughs> Sorry, I took yours. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Nicola, how about you? You know, we actually used essential oils. That was kind of one of the primary uh, responses when people were getting sick with the fake pandemic mm-hmm. uh, was going on. And we used, uh, gosh, co- combination of clove, lemon, rosemary, peppermint, oregano, thyme. We used mm-hmm. quite a few. Um, and thieves they were- Sounds like a thieves blend. Yeah, thieves blend. Sounds like a thieves blend. Yeah, I didn't want to say a brand, but um, yeah, it was, yeah, thieves was one of them uh, that we used. We used a purification oil um, and we had amazing results. I mean, it was kind of the primary thing that pulled people out of their crises, so- Amen. Yeah, we, we saw the same thing, Nicola, with the infections, you know, and, and burning the oils and putting it on the body and everything like that. The release of the terpenes has been fantastic. Dr. Artis, I was a little sad that you didn't say this when I thought you might. Lavender. Lavender for the concentration of the neurolidol terpene. You burn that one, you put that one on your body, folks. It is a neutralizer for spike glycoprotein. And I'm going to throw a crystal out there because I love crystals. You're never going to go bad with rose quartz. Ever, ever, ever. In I a totally years. agree. It's in, it's in my living room right now. Right, exactly. Right. I, I have crystals on me every single day, always on my left side, always moving about with me. So Mirabella, thank you for that question. And thank you for being a part of this great and wonderful show. Uh, folks, remember that the only medicine is natural medicine because natural medicine first does no harm. There's so much we have to unlearn and we're grateful to unlearn it with you. There's something better, something filled with love, logic, and light. So make sure you come back in and listen to us every Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific, looking for healing radio. And until then, remember that we are all beings of light. So look within first. May God shine his divine light down upon us all, everyone we love and surround us in the protection of his warm and healing grace. On behalf of all of my healing homies, I'm Dr. H., founder of the Energetic Health Institute. And we just really appreciate you so much. Thank you for sharing the show and thank you for listening in. Until we get to talk to you again, we say to you, aloha and adios.